everybody. Welcome to the That's Good Sports podcast. I'm Brandon Perna here with... Oh, I forgot my name. Oh, just kidding. Wilkies. What's up, guys? Wilkies. Uh, I told them today the dress code was to wear something that looked like it could be a sports bra or um, I don't know. I just wanted to see a little more skin uh, on this podcast today. Yeah. If you're watching on YouTube on the That's Good Broncos channel, you can see what I'm talking about right here. Um, Will. Not lacking I, any hair. Why, why, why uh, the full body clothes, clothing today? Brandon, do I have to lecture you on um, unsafe working environments? <laughs> yes. Come on. Come on. This, is, uh, this, this podcast will be immediately followed by uh, a meeting with <laughs> HR. Yes. Which is me, Will. So this is going to be really awkward. Oh, fuck. Uh, Didn't take right, that so, one through. So today, um, okay, first, this podcast is on Podbeam. Uh, and it will be on iTunes, too. It only took me a fucking week and a half to figure out what was wrong and why it's not on iTunes, but it should start populating on iTunes soon. So uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast or whatever. If you're watching on YouTube, we're going to keep putting it here. So you can consume it here, but you can download the podcast on Podbean. Um, and uh, we're going to get it up on thatsgoodsports.com. Pretty soon, where Will is writing articles uh, almost every day. We're posting videos there. So make sure you check out thatsgoodsports.com. And uh, today, for the podcast, we're talking about DeMarcus Ware uh, getting hired with the Broncos, uh, Case Keenum and Deshaun Hamilton at practices, uh, World Cup coming to Denver. Uh, then we got a little Andrew Luck, Julian Edelman, and uh, Will's Hate rankings uh which teams are the most hated in the nfl starting with the least hated he posted that article on the website i think it's pretty funny and i'm excited to talk about why we don't hate you know the certain teams that uh top this list uh mm -hmm. so we'll get to that in the podcast as well so that's kind of what we're going to talk about right will that's right that's right um have you learned anything this last week about football or life, you know, any solid advice for the audience right now? Um, find a hobby during the month of June, I think is what I've learned because there's nothing going on in sports, especially if you're not really a soccer fan like myself. And, um, you know, the NBA finals didn't really give us anything special. Um, it was kind of, you know, a repeat of last year. So really got to find something to, something to consume your time during the month of June because, my God, there's nothing going on. Right, and I should, I should point out I predicted a sweep and it happened in the NBA Finals. Um, soccer, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a huge soccer fan. I've enjoyed it when I watched it, but yeah. right now you're right. June's like the time to try to relax – um, it's really hot up in my office. That's why I'm wearing uh, scantily, uh, scantily clothes. And Will and I noticed we both yeah, have that's why we both have uh, mile high stadium posters. True. Take a look. <laughs> look at that, kindred spirits right here. Yeah. Okay, so let's start with the first thing, which is that the Broncos did hire Demarcus Ware part time. 
part-time as a pass rushing consultant. And they did that basically because they don't have a pass rushing or like an outside linebackers coach, right? Yeah, I guess so. Um, That kind of seems like what it is. Um, I mean, it's hard to like say anything bad about this move. I mean, I think it's like the one thing you could do where, you know, everybody's on your side with that. Like who could object to hiring DeMarcus Ware to any position? That's true. Um, I mean, maybe his family because now he has Possibly. to fly. He has to fly between L.A. I think he's he's got to be living in L.A. because he's doing the NFL Network stuff. Yeah. Uh, to Denver, and maybe he still has a home in Dallas. I don't know, but I would hate to have to like fly somewhere every month. Um, back and forth that that's the biggest downside and it's just an inconvenience for him but I think the Broncos defense will be better because of it DeMarcus Ware is you know outside of a great pass rusher uh, he's a great leader so I think just having his presence there will be good Um, especially for you know the young guys I think he can help Bradley Chubb quite a bit Um, I mean Chubb's gonna learn a lot just from working with DeMarcus Ware and Von Miller uh, both very effective pass rushers. And I think both guys, you know, their technique and the way they did it is a little bit different too. And so I think Chubb's going to kind of have to pick the things he sees from, you know, what DeMarcus Ware does well, what Von Miller does well to try to implement into his game. Because with the Shane Ray injury, which we talked about a, a little bit last time, like Chubb's going to be, he's get he's going to get even more playing time than I think maybe, you know, he was even expecting so, yeah, you're right. It's a good thing. It's a win. Who knows how effective it is, but uh, I think we can probably leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, it, it seems like it's it's going to be a good move. I like the idea that you have three generations of pass rushers in the building. Like you got right. DeMarcus Square. It's like the it was like the grandfather of the pass rushing group. And then uh, he's like the patriarch. And then you have Von Miller, who's the dad, obviously. And then Bradley Chubb, who is his son. So you got, you it's got like, three generations. Yeah. Do you follow DeMarcus Ware, like, on Instagram? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, well, like, like most players or former players, he posts uh, a lot of videos of him, like, working out. You know, his Insta stories are him still just being, like, super jacked and in amazing shape <laughs> and jump, like, his like he, he can jump like ten feet into the air, uh, but and yeah, maybe I don't think he's done this recently. But for a while there, he kept posting like weather updates as his photos, <laughs> and it was just like your iPhone app, like saying, "Hey, it's going to be eighty six degrees in Dallas today or Los Angeles today." And 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 I loved Marcus Ware, but those uh, those weather updates were unnecessary and. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what compels you to be like. You know what? I'm gonna deliver the fucking weather today. <laughs> yeah. Not only was I a former linebacker, but I'm your goddamn weatherman from now on. Demarcus Ware, part-time pass rushing consultant, part-time meteorologist, right? Part-time workout warrior. It's like, yeah, Demarcus, this would be this would be fucking awesome if I lived in either Denver, Dallas, or Los Angeles. But right. since I don't, uh, right. I'm gonna go ahead and skip through your Instagram story, pal. And didn't and didn't have that app already on my phone. <laughs> yeah. I would, well, I would love to meet the guy who just doesn't have the weather app installed on his phone. Yeah, like, it's oh, like – I won't be needing this. <laughs> I think it's like when people take pictures of their tweets and then post those on Instagram. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just I mean, that's a no-no. Shameless uh, self-promotion. Uh, let's okay. Let's move on to the next thing here because I think let's. this is actually kind of interesting. So mm-hmm. bring it up. Yeah. So uh, Case Keenum was talking to the media uh, after minicamp. And he was talking about Deshaun Hamilton, who's the rookie wide receiver out of Penn State. And uh, he had some kind words to say about him. He said that uh, Deshaun Deshaun Hamilton doesn't act or play like a rookie. Brandon, um, does this hurt hurt his chances to win uh, rookie of the year, do you think? (laughs) Does it hurt his – yes. Because they're going to look at him and they'll say, he's not a rookie, clearly. He doesn't play like a rookie. We can't award him rookie of the year. He's not eligible. Uh, no, I think this is, um, I mean, was he specifically asked about Hamilton or did he kind of bring it up on his own? Do you remember? Oh, I have no idea. (laughs) I'm going to say, I'm going to say, um, about it. Probably. I think he was asked about the wide receivers like Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton. He was asked about like the young wide receivers. Okay. Okay. Uh, Yeah. No, I remember. I think, I mean, I did a whole video about how I think Hamilton will be maybe the the have the biggest impact of the Broncos rookie offensive players. Yeah, uh, I think I what he does well um, fits into the Broncos' greatest need, which was slot receiver. Uh, I I think they have Emmanuel Sanders playing in slot, um, at least practicing there. So I think the Broncos' uh, intentions are to get. Cortland Sutton on the field with Demarius Thomas as much as I can with Emmanuel Sanders in the slot. And if they're doing that a lot, that's going to hurt Hamilton a little bit. But uh, for my money, I would try to get Hamilton onto the field as much as possible. I think he is like the most ready to play in the NFL because of his skill set. Um, so I think if Keenum seeing that and knowing what Keenum did last season with like uh, Adam Thielen, I think whoever does land in that spot is going to have a huge role. And I think, I think Keenum's going to go to uh, that slot receiver quite a bit. Um, so I'm excited. I, I'm high on Hamilton. Who the fuck knows how it's going to play out right now? Like the, the depth chart, he's listed behind fucking Isaiah McKenzie uh, as the slot receiver. I don't know if that just hasn't been updated. Or if I'm <laughs> yeah. not paying close enough attention. Um, so we'll see what happens. Like it's so early. I won't. I don't want to judge until we get into fucking preseason and actually see some of these guys play. Uh, but I'm excited about the ball catchers. I think Sutton and Hamilton are big upgrades, and of course, you know Jake Butt uh, has to be. Like we have to have a tight end who's catching passes and making plays, and I think Butt's going to have that chance. So that whole that whole group is going to be interesting to watch especially with the quarterback who i'm assuming is going to throw it to them more than the other the the fucking defense so yeah that would be preferable um, (laughs) after last year um but yeah i kind of broke my rule and got sort of excited about some mini camp stuff this morning i was reading like andrew i know stupid Uh, i was reading his notes from uh yesterday's mini camp and apparently jake butt caught like a couple of touchdowns and Cortland Sutton had a ridiculous one-headed catch like he did at SMU uh, a number of times. So, I'm getting excited. I, yeah. I shouldn't, but I'm getting a little excited. The exciting thing is, like, the Broncos have a quarterback now in Case Keenum who's going to get them the ball. Yes. Even if he's under pressure, he's going to get the, the ball to his receivers. Uh, we, I think we've talked about how he extends plays 
and the way he does it is is a positive. Um, he's not extending plays and then throwing picks. Uh, so that I mean, the Broncos' offense should be more exciting this year, even if the offensive line's still kind of shitty. Uh, Keenum's used to playing with that, so we'll see where that goes. Um, yeah. Um, so speaking of the wide receivers, uh, I was thinking about how the depth chart is gonna gonna kind of take shape this season. With yeah, you know, obviously the first two are pretty much as set in stone as you can get. Um, but behind them, it's pretty much all up for grabs. Um, right. We kind of heard some reports that Carlos Henderson's kind of on the hot seat, despite not ever having played a regular season game in Denver and being one year removed from being selected in the third round. Um, no, he didn't even get to sit on the cold seat. So yeah, it's true. Uh, I kind of feel bad for him. Uh, he missed all of last year with an injury. Yeah, it's, it's not fair. Yeah, I think we kind of touched on this. Obviously, you got DT and Emmanuel Sanders, right? And then it really depends on how they use Hamilton and Sutton. And I fully expect those to be the next two guys in, in the order there. Um, you could make a case for Jordan Taylor, but he's coming off of hip surgery, double hip surgery. Uh, so I think he's got – I think this has to be almost a recovery year for him. I'm not even sure he'll make the team because of those surgeries. It's not like – I mean, Matt Paradis did double hip surgery last year. Uh, but you're, the way you're having to move your body if you're a center compared to a wide receiver where speed and bursts and all of that uh, is, you know, you live and die on those things. Um, and then that leaves you with Isaiah McKenzie um, and Henderson. Mm. And between Hamilton, Henderson, and McKenzie, and if Emmanuel Sanders ends up playing slot, like that position all of a sudden becomes crowded. And Hamilton can play slot, and he can also be your outside guy. So I think, I think Henderson or McKenzie, one of those guys, isn't going to make the team. And it's looking more like Henderson just because I may, Isaiah McKenzie is still technically their punt returner. And so uh, – which none of us want to see, obviously. No. I think Brendan Langley has to fight for, for that as well because he's like the only other guy on the roster who has college punt returning experience. Uh, and Jordan Taylor looked like the most sound punt returner last year, but again, his injury affects that. So I think it's too hard to predict how that depth chart shakes out right now. Uh, we're going to have to wait and see who's healthy and kind of what Mus Billy Musgrave does with the, the lineup, you know, the cup, first couple preseason games. Yeah, um, I'm kind of worried about Jordan Taylor just because I think he was kind of Simeon's main go-to guy, and that's kind of what kept him on the roster last year, um, even though he didn't have a particularly great year. No. Um, they had some pretty good chemistry. But now that Trevor Simeon's gone, um, he doesn't really have a huge connection with anyone on the roster anymore. Um, as far as punt return, you know, I want to give Isaiah – McKenzie another year um, just because you know stuff happens your rookie year and you're gonna make mistakes and he made a lot of them uh, both in special teams and then on offense in that in that Redskins game late in the season right that was, that was pretty tough to watch uh, but you'd like to see him get another chance ideally um, would I rather see him get another chance and then Carlos Henderson is shown the door Probably not because Carlos Henderson didn't get a chance really to begin with. No, I mean, that's the thing. That's why it's yeah. so tough being a rookie is 
your future success in the NFL hinges on so many factors that are outside of your control even. Um, I think, I mean, and I don't think, did Carlos Henderson, did he do any punt returning in college? I tried to look Uh, into that. I know he was a a kickoff returner. Kick returner, okay. He returned a few kickoffs in the preseason last year. Okay, yeah, I mean, I think – I think for him to make the team, he's going to have to prove to be valuable on special teams. Uh, Yeah. So, because he was – before he hurt his hand or wrist – Yeah, I think it was his hand. He was having trouble catching passes last year. He was dropping a ton in practice. He dropped – I believe he dropped him in the preseason games. So, he was was already facing an uphill battle just based on his performance. So – Preseason is going to be huge for, for guys like him. Oh, yeah. No, it's going to be, like, one of the, the main battles to watch. Kind of like to see who ends up on the fringe and, um, you know, who ends up not making a team or maybe on the practice squad. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it sucks. Like, we expect wide receivers especially to come out and make a huge impact right away. Right. That doesn't happen all the time. Like, Demarius Thomas wasn't Demarius Thomas until, like, the second half of his second year and what if like after his rookie season we're just like you know what Eh, we have Brandon Lloyd Demarius Thomas seems expendable let's trade him for like a fourth round pick you gotta let these guys like get a little bit of time under their belt especially you know if they have injuries to keep them out the whole season so yeah I'd like to see Carlos Henderson you know get a shot it's that, and then it's that the Broncos had three different quarterbacks starting throughout the year. They ditched their offensive coordinator. Like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that were yeah. recipes for disaster for the offense last year. Um, so, you know, assuming that the offense is, is decent this year, I think you, you'll get a better evaluation of some of those guys behind, you know, DT and Sanders. And especially since this is – uh, I would, you know, bet a lot of my money, which I don't have a lot of, that this is Sanders last year in Denver yeah. for sure. So, um, you know, one of those spots is going to be wide open even in 2019 for a guy to take over. Uh, so it'll be interesting. Um, yeah, I think the team's hoping that, you know, Cortland Sutton's ideally going to be that guy. But you know what? You never know. And guys come out of the woodwork. So that's one of the fun things about, right. you know, watching watching how the roster unfolds but we have um, one last piece of slightly broncos related news it's more just denver related news yeah okay but um so obviously uh, the world cup in 2026 is going to be held in north america uh 10 games in mexico 10 games in canada 40 games in the united states one of the places uh that is in the running to host one of those games is Sports Authority Field at Mile High in Denver. Yeah. So it's not just the city of Denver. It is the stadium that's on your and my wall. So Okay. Well, the the real question is what the fuck is going to be the name of the stadium in 2026? (laughs) That's a good question. I have a feeling it will not be Sports Authority Field. Who's going to be president of the United States in 2026? Uh, Because it – well, let's see here. It definitely won't be Trump because even if he, say, got reelected, uh, his term would be over by then, right? 
unless he repeals uh, an amendment. I don't remember which one. Right. No, I believe you said he, he wants to do that. Um, oh, I'm sure he does. But, so the world is going to be a different place in 2026. Yes. Uh, Sports Authority Field. Well, wait. Yeah. Sports Authority Field will be called something completely different. Um, again, I don't know anything about soccer. I don't even know what the U.S. – what their chance of – playing in the world cup at that time will be well i mean shit that's eight years away so there's like there's like 12 year old kids out there right now who are going to be playing in that you know what i mean yeah that's that's tough to think about um as far as like uh <laughs> what i was doing at age 20 versus <laughs> some right. 12 year old kids what they're going to be doing in eight years my god but yeah are you going to be like one of those coloradans that uh, gets upset that there's a bunch of tourists in his city uh, no, I mean, the, the city's already fucking overcrowded and traffic sucks and a lot of things that like you used to love about Denver are changing. So, uh, you just get used to that stuff. Um, I don't know how crazy like it will get with tourists. Um, 2026, Soccer I might not even, are pretty crazy. I might be living in the white house in 2026. So That's- you know what? I didn't think about that. Travel will be pretty easy for me. Uh, what do we take an Air Force One to wherever I want to go? Blackhawk One? I don't give let's, a shit about what's land, happening in Denver. I'm going to officially announce right now my candidacy for 2026 presidential election. Start writing me in on the ballots, guys. You heard it here first. Who's your vice president? That's breaking news. Vice president? Yeah. Peyton Manning. Okay. Easy. All right. We'll I'll probably I'll probably be you know leaning more on the liberal side, and I want to have fair balance. And I know Peyton Manning leans you know on the conservative side. Uh, he's got name recognition, which you could argue is better than mine right now. But I think that'll change over time, and he'd be a good candidate. Yeah, well, he'll have to give up some pizza franchises uh, to avoid any conflicts of interest. Right. So good luck talking him out of that. It's either Manning or Oprah, one of the two. <sighs> that, the strong the murderous row of strong. candidates. Maybe That's, Beyonce. You know what? Uh, <laughs> you're just covering all bases here. Beyonce, Peyton Manning. I could. Oprah. Uh, I could do well in politics. Yeah, I think definitely. Um, yeah, so um, we'll have you running against uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson in 2024. <laughs> he could be my vice too. You know, if he wants, if he wants. Okay, let's move on to the actual, to the NFL. News outside of Denver and the Broncos. Yes. First item of business, E3, the video game festival press conference thing, was this week. And um, for EA's presentation, they announced, drumroll, Madden 19. Who would have thunk? That Madden 19 would be coming out a year, just a year after Madden 2018. Brandon, right. your thoughts? Wow. I mean, it's shocking news that they are continuing to make more games. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think the funny thing is that they put T.O. on the, the audition <laughs> yeah. cover and he's not going to go to the, the Hall of Fame induction. So that's, that's kind of weird. Did they announce he was like, going to be on the regular cover? I don't think so. Um, it's probably just going to be another Patriot. So I'm sure we'll have like Rex Burkhead on the cover. (laughs) Possibly Alex Guerrero. Yeah. Remember when Peyton Hillis got the cover for the Browns? 
That was a bizarre timeline. Yeah, Josh McDaniels comes in, gets rid of Peyton Hillis, Tony Scheffler, Brandon Marshall, Jay Cutler, like everybody that the fans fucking loved in Denver, all gone. Got got rid of Barrel Man, killed Barrel Man. (laughs) (laughs) That was his first order of business. Fucking, Fucking Josh McDaniels, man. Yeah, you know, made all the concessions, uh, higher prices. Um, but yeah, Madden 19. Uh, I know you play a little bit of Madden, right? I haven't played for – I did, but I I don't play video games anymore. I don't have any time. Hmm, that's too used bad. To play, used to play Destiny. Used to play Halo. Uh, those are really the only ones, and now yeah. I, I play none. I've been playing sometimes, a little bit. Yeah. Sometimes my Xbox just turns on for no reason. I'm like – the fuck are you doing microsoft do you have like the voice command is that it uh i don't have it plugged in oh maybe xbox on yeah didn't turn on i think sometimes uh, bill gates just trying to spy on me (laughs) yes well you know spying on a future president seems like a now it makes sense endeavor you know he 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 knew that you wanted to run for president before you Knew you wanted to run for president. Right. Just like Bill Gates knew that Andrew Luck was going to start throwing footballs again. <laughs> That's a segue, folks. Boom. Look at that. That's a segue. Because yeah, they're literally – maybe some of the biggest news this week was that Andrew Luck started throwing <laughs> fucking footballs again. That's where we are uh, in the offseason. Um, I wrote like a 700-word story on Andrew Luck picking up a football – and then throwing it in a spiral formation, and Brandon has left the podcast. This, <laughs> oh, he's back. Oh, look, it's even a Broncos football. This is what Andrew Luck started throwing again. Yep. I don't even – I think it was like a college football too. I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, they said it was, it was like smaller or some shit or like a high school football. Yeah. Um, didn't even throw a real football. Uh, otherwise, you know, breaking news, Andrew Luck's a quarterback again. Um, but It is. Yeah. It's crazy, though, that his shoulder got so fucked up that it's been, what is it, eight months since he, th- he had thrown a football? And even then, like, last year he tried to throw a few and was like, nope, this isn't fixed yet. Yeah. So it's really, like, been a year and a half or two years since he's thrown footballs. He hasn't thrown any competitive- competitively for two, se- two full seasons has he been out. Um, no, I think he played at the end of 2016, if I remember correctly. Okay. Yeah, he missed most of 2015, though. Okay. Remember, we, like, uh, lacerated, lacerated his, his kidney. kidney. That's yeah, right. maybe on purpose um, for beating us. <laughs> that game <laughs> that sucked. That was a terrible game. Uh, yeah, that was the Akib Tlaib. The eye poke. Oh. Dwayne Allen. Game, yeah. Um, but my point, I think, is that – People in Andrew Luck's absence, people kind of forgot how good he was. Right. Um, because 2016, they didn't make the playoffs. 2015, he was injured. Um, but the years, the, the three years before that, he made the playoffs every year and got a step further in the playoffs um, with, with each added year. And um, further to that point, terrible coaching staff. I think we can all agree. Um, I think the Colts, although they, they definitely lucked out uh, when Josh McDaniels uh, weaseled his way out of Indianapolis yeah, really. and, and back to New England. I think Frank Reich is a much better coach, um, better at orchestrating comebacks too. 
against the Houston Oilers. <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly. I don't think I don't know how many people want to get that reference, but yeah, uh, it was only only 1992, not too I, long ago. I, I wrote a paper about that game in elementary school. I think I've seen that game like replayed on NFL Network yeah. roughly 50 times. Yeah, it was the, it every time. the Bills and Oilers uh, playoff game, one of the like coolest comebacks in playoff history. Yeah, uh, 35 to three. And Frank Reich, the backup quarterback. Led him, not Jim Kelly, which many people forget. People I forgot that. And now he's coaching the Colts. And he's got Andrew Luck. And this, is, this is how good Andrew Luck is, okay? Ryan Grigson just got a front office job with the Seattle Seahawks. Ryan Grigson was the Colts general manager. The job he got the year they drafted Andrew Luck. So all he had to do was make one good decision, and he did in selecting Andrew Luck instead of RG3. Because after that, all he did – was slowly destroy that roster by making dumb personnel move after dumb personnel move. And he was, he got to, he was voted uh, GM of the year because of Andrew Luck, essentially. And when you get a quarterback yeah. as good as Andrew Luck, like we realized with Peyton Manning, like it changes your team. It makes them instantly better. So assuming that his arm will actually be, you know, he can actually throw it, it, the Colts, if he's healthy, the Colts will be a fun team to watch to see how good they actually are. I think he, he will pair very well with Frank Reich. Um, you know, he did a lot with Philadelphia. So uh, I, I like that match. And uh, that division with Deshaun Watson also coming back, you know, from his ACL injury with the Texans, uh, that – division is going to be interesting. I mean, then there's Jacksonville and Tennessee, the two teams that were actually in the playoffs last year, right? That's right. So, I think that's got to be the most unpredictable division for this next season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think Jacksonville will win it right now. But other than that, like if Deshaun Watson's great, uh, the Texans could be number two. If luck is back, that could be the Colts. Uh, I'm not <laughs> the Titans, man. Uh, they have like a good team, but not anybody that's great on that, <laughs> on that team. Yeah. But I think going from like Mike Malarkey, who's like a net native at head coach to Mike Vrabel, who granted is an unknown, uh, is probably a big move for a team that already made the playoffs a year ago. Right. Maybe. I mean, is Vrabel just going to be the next, uh, former Patriot to crash and burn as a head coach? Probably. Yeah. Don't know. I don't know. Any Brable might end up being good, but he looks too much just like a giant meathead to me for, yeah. <laughs> for me to, to bet on his success. And uh, yeah, he look, looks like um, he looks like like your prom date's dad when you're 16, <laughs> who like right. threatens to beat the shit out of you if you if you get his daughter home like two minutes past midnight when the curfew is. Yeah, he, like, crushes your hand if he should. Yeah, oh, yeah. To try he's, to like, you. he's, like, cleaning his guns in the living room when you come over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah. But he, um, might be, he might maybe, be great. He might be a perfect fit there. Uh, Marcus Mariota is really – I still don't know if he's a good quarterback or not. Yeah. And he, usually if you're asking that after three seasons, I think probably going to be average forever. Yeah, it's weird. Like, him and Jameis Winston – you can pretty much say the same thing about both of them. Right. Like we have no idea. 
And in fairness to at least Mariota, in terms of dynamic receivers, he hasn't had that. Like their best yeah. receiver's been Delaney Walker the last two or three seasons. So. Yeah, and Eric Decker, who's like probably running like a five five forty yard dash now. Right. And yeah. you know, Winston at least has had some really talented ball catchers uh in Tampa. So uh yeah, I don't know. That division's interesting. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even thinking about that division before we, you know, started doing this, but just like that is got to be the most unpredictable for 2019. I don't have a clue what the fuck will happen in the AFC South. I was so I was looking at um, just to kind of uh, throw some fire onto the Andrew Luck argument and like how good he's been despite having nothing around him. The the first round picks after he was drafted, so. Uh, they traded a first-round pick for Trent Richardson. Oh, the Colts or <laughs> the Colts? Yeah, uh, the Browns traded. Oh, the Colts traded their first rounder to yes. acquire Trent Richardson. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mid-season so, or some shit. Uh, maybe not a great move. I'll that was Gregson. That was Gregson. Uh, and then they drafted Bjorn Werner, the Who defensive end, knows, obviously. Yes. The defensive end out of uh, like Scandinavia, Dusseldorf, Germany, <laughs> who uh, you know, not quite the sack master they thought he would be. Unfortunately, uh, he's playing in the German football league now. I think uh, that's not true. Um, and then they drafted Philip Dorsett, who they traded to the Patriots. Right. A wide, another small wide receiver. When that was like, he's like, hey, let's draft a worse T.Y. Hilton. Uh, and he won't get on the field ever, and he'll catch like 10 passes in a season. Yeah. Sounds Meanwhile, like we news. have offensive line needs, and our defense, <laughs> yeah. we're just going to try to improve it by signing old guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's get another year out of Frank Gore here. And let's put him on defense. <laughs> yes. Speaking of offensive players who have played defense, Julian Edelman. That's a segue. Oh, he's played um, defense? Or did yeah, he put, in, like, his corner or something? Yeah, he did the, like, stupid, like, Troy Brown thing. Yeah, except Troy he Brown was, like, one of the only guys to ever be able to do that well. Yeah, I think Edelman I guess Deion stuck. Sanders, you could argue, but... Yeah, he was, an, he was a defensive player playing offense, I think. Um, but yeah, so he didn't just test for, like, or test positive for, like, HGH or an anabolic steroid. He tested. The test came back, and it showed an unknown substance and that's why and that's an automatic positive test so my question is uh what corner of the galaxy are the patriots mining their steroids from yeah it's obviously not even from this planet no um uh i think it's a combination of sniffing moon dust and drinking alien jizz would be my guess Uh, it explains so much that these players for the Patriots are consistently performing at a top level. And it's not that, that they're all just physically gifted athletes. It's that they don't make mental mistakes. And for my money, I can't find a better reason than that, than to assume that they all have alien jizz in their system. It's, it's what the movie independence day, the whole plot was about alien jizz. And, uh, uh, the the Richard Dreyfus movie 
with aliens, alien jizz. Close encounters, sure. We, yeah, close encounters, uh, cocoon, alien yeah. jizz, uh, dried up old alien jizz, cocooning into new things. So, I don't know. It just makes too much sense to me. Yeah, I mean, Alex Guerrero, I, I'm just wondering if he, like, sent a team of astronauts no, to he collect. he is an alien. Oh. Guerrero is the alien, dude. So, are you suggesting that uh, – Julian Edelman collected the the specimens himself. Hey, I'm not going to say how it <laughs> is extracted. I'm not going to say how many aliens are on this planet. Um, I will say, uh, being somewhat a little bit, you know, more serious that if <laughs> you weren't being serious, if if you test and the, they're just like, we don't know what this is. <laughs> yeah, where where are you getting that from? You would think like the NFL has like a database of every you know substance known to man. Yeah. At this point, they they take you know drugs so seriously that they would have to. I, like they have their own periodic table of banned substances. Yeah, I mean, I think my excuse would be like I don't know. I eat at Arby's a lot. Nobody knows what that is <laughs> made out of. Yeah, I tested positive for horse meat. I just ate at Taco Bell last week. Right, Come like on. unknown substance. That's interesting. Um, Look, we talked about it last time. Like, and after I kind of defended him, saying, you know, he's recovering from an injury, and uh, we know, okay, HGH, the the thing that it helps with is recovery time. So yeah, and I've also heard that the amount of players in the NFL who use HGH before, do they test for it now? They they do test for it now, right? I believe so. Yeah. Because they didn't for a long time. And so I, I think I heard on the Dan Patrick show that a former player said that like probably 70% of players take HGH. Um, it doesn't give you necessarily like a, a advantage on the field. It helps you recover from injury. So any guy trying to get paid because money's not guaranteed in the NFL, all those things, like it's widespread. Uh, so Edelman, I'm assuming, was taking something to try to recover from his injury. Uh, but an unknown substance means, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to make of it. I think he may have tested positive for stickum on his hands, like Jerry Rice. It was banned, uh, for a long time. And then they clearly altered the chemical formula for stickum, uh, and injected it. So he secretes it onto his hands, uh, instead of like putting them on externally. It comes out of his sweat. Yes. And, and, and makes Jerry it Rice sticky. notoriously sweaty palms. Yeah, everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. Uh, it's just a fact. So, yeah, um, I guess the bottom line is um, not only are they cheaters, but they are aliens who uh, have been extracting alien semen mm-hmm. and using it to their advantage to win Super Bowls. And, and I mean, in fairness, like, it's not just the Patriots. We do know that is how Nick Foles won the Super Bowl as well. So... It has to be. None of the other Eagles, I I can say, but Nick, a backup quarterback coming in, winning the Super Bowl, when's the last time that happened? Tom Brady? What's the common link? (laughs) Alien jizz. Yep, that's right. Someone better test Jeff Hostetler quick. So please, if you've made it this far into the podcast, uh, (laughs) please comment with hashtag alien jizz. Yeah, let's let's see those. Let's see. I want to see alien jizz hashtag trending on Twitter. I just want to see, like, 2019 Alien Jizz, the movie. Yeah. 
presidential candidate Brandon Perna floats aliens' theories. <laughs> that, this is what's going to get me elected, man. Yeah, this is uh, this is some Infowars type shit here. Right. I don't uh, mind it. Yeah, it is that. It is that far out there. <laughs> Alex Jones is going to be our first guest on the podcast. We're going to talk about chemtrails, gay frogs, the whole. The whole gamut? The whole thing. <laughs> the whole spectrum. Um, all right, so let's get to the hate rankings, shall right. we? Right. Yeah, shall let's uh, briefly go through your list here. Because basically yeah. what Will has done is at thatsgoodsports.com, he's going to go through the 32 teams he hates the most in order. So this first yeah. article, he ranked them 32 to 25. Correct. Yeah, so we're, we're starting at the top for the, the least hateable teams. And I actually tried to do this. This is tough for me um, because I'm very biased, and I think any fan, anybody who has, like, a particular team that they root for uh, has their own personal rankings uh, as far as teams that they hate. But I tried right. to put all my prejudice aside. Okay. Uh, as, as a Broncos fan and do this objectively and say which team is objectively uh, the most hateable versus the least hateable. Right, because it's kind of easy. It, it could be skewed yeah. in that if you're a Broncos fan, you're probably going to hate the Raiders, Chiefs, and Chargers more than the average other NFL fan. Like, right. I think everybody kind of hates the Raiders, but like, I don't think a lot of people have a problem with the the Chargers or the Chiefs. But I know for – Two periods in my life, one when I lived in Wichita, Kansas, uh, I fucking hated the Kansas City Chiefs more than any team, and it was because I was surrounded by Chiefs fans. And then when I lived in San Diego, the Chargers, that's when they were actually pretty good, and they kept beating the Broncos, and I would go try to watch games out of the bar and be surrounded by a bunch of fake-ass Chargers fans. I know oh, there's so many back then. Because they wouldn't keep their damn team in the city. Uh, there's a lot of good Chargers fans too. Uh, I made some Chargers fans friends, but at those times I definitely disproportionately hated those two teams. So I respect that you were fair for this article and it's very important. It was tough for me. It was tough for me. This article could change the, a lot about the NFL. I agree. I mean, I'm a professional journalist. Uh, right. Um, so I had to be objective. Um, understand not only put my biases aside but first i had to understand my own biases do some self-reflection and then cast them aside okay so anyway i started at 32 32 who's your least hated team in the nfl had to go with the buffalo bills who hates the bills who could hate them the patriots fans exactly and thus making them less hateable right i mean i think everybody was rooting for Buffalo to somehow keep winning in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, even though every, we all knew like they weren't a great team, uh, but they were scrappy. I mean, they made it there. If Sean McDermott doesn't put in fucking Nathan Peterman in the middle of their season, like they might've finished with a better record. They might've had a, a better uh, seating. I don't know. Yeah. Very easily. Um, and you know what? Bill's mafia is it's obviously fans. One of the most uh, impressive fan bases. They they had a what like eighteen year playoff drought that they just kind of um, spent setting themselves on fire and jumping through tables and right. getting really really fucked up before games. It's like the best way to be a Bills fan is to not remember that you were at the game the next day. 
Correct. Yeah. Like and and therefore you can't remember losing. So, right. And you can't hate you know. people in pain. No, absolutely not. Um, so let's 30, go to 31. Yeah. You come in with next. I got the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans are at 31. Um, they're kind of, they're, they're not hateable. They're not immensely likable either, but you know, they're, they're just kind of neutral. I think. Yeah. Um, they've got very, you know, they've got uniforms with, with cool blue colors, um, pleasing on the eye. Uh, you know, they don't do much of anything that's controversial. Um, I think the only reason you could hate them is because Taylor Luan's kind of a jerk. It, it seems like who's their left tackle. He's currently um, holding out, I believe right now for contract update. Yep. Um, and also, you know, we'll have to check in on Mike Vrabel. We'll have to see what kind of guy he is on the sideline. Is he going to um, be big, scary, mean dad, or yeah. is he going to be the cool dad that you end up liking more than the the high school girl you're dating? That's right. You know, I, yeah, I just came over to hang out with your dad. Sorry. Sorry, um, he's cool. Yeah, he's cool. We watch sports. He lets me cuss. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, the Titans are at 31. Marcus Mariota seems – you know, he's, he's a good guy, I think, by all accounts. No, you're right. It's a likable team. Yeah. It's a likable team, Will. Uh, That's right. I think go on to 30. Who do you got at 30? Okay. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals at, at 30. And that is because I think Larry Fitzgerald's still very likable. Yeah, extremely. Uh, if not, maybe one of the most likable players in the entire NFL. Yeah. I if think he's old, is, he's yeah. still good, and – uh, anytime you listen to him talk, you're like, yeah, I like that guy. I like Larry Fitz. He's a good guy. Um, the only thing you could possibly, uh, strike against him is that he advertises, uh, university of Phoenix, which is a for-profit university. Um, so, you know, interesting move there. Interesting choice of sponsorships right. by Larry Fitzgerald. And why, um, I think wide receivers too, in general are kind of like the hardest, player position to get behind because they're notoriously they're sort of the divas of the NFL the guys who crave the most attention kind of cause the most problems on the the offense for chemistry and shit so you know uh, it's not like he's playing um, I don't know I think being a likable receiver is uh, makes it even a little more noteworthy yeah it's not like he's like a likable left guard where like yeah. Everybody likes like, you know, your team's left guard generally, unless it's like <laughs> Richie Incognito. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and then uh, if this was two years ago, and this was like right after All or Nothing, they might be 32 because I think everybody watched that series and was like, wow, I like this team, and I like Bruce Arians. Uh, but Bruce Arians obviously has retired. Um, we're not going to see his Kangol hat on the sideline anymore. Uh, Steve Wilkes, though, seems pretty likable, I think. I like that in 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 Will's article he included like the uh, most hate worthy for each team. Correct. So the Bills it was LaShawn McCoy for the Titans it's Taylor Lewan and then this is fair cuz the Cardinals could be lower on this list. Most hate worthy now is Josh Rosen. And um I like Josh Rosen. I want to yeah. see him do well in the NFL, but a lot of people don't like him. Uh, he rubs people the wrong way for whatever reason. So, you know, putting Arizona at 30, a little risky, a little risky, especially with Bruce Arians being gone. Like, he was Mr. Cool. Uh, they, could, they could easily jump up this list. I might 
have to update it depending okay. on a few factors. But yeah, I actually like Josh Rosen too. I like that he speaks his mind. Um, I think he's kind of refreshing as far right. as, you know, NFL players that, you know, don't just give canned answers to everything. Yeah. I think people like players that speak their mind until they speak about something they don't agree with. Yeah. Which like, I'm sure he's done at some point to piss off a lot of people. Right. Um, also, yeah, I heard from like firsthand experience uh, that people from UCLA didn't really like him very much. Yeah, I also heard uh, that he was a bad kisser at UCLA, so take that for whatever it's worth. He also had a hot tub in his dorm freshman year. Yeah. That's the only thing I really don't like about it. It wasn't a time machine, so. No. Fuck you for having a – like, that's so – a hot tub time machine, 100% awesome. Dude, are you kidding me? If you were in college and you could have a a hot tub in your dorm room, you would have done it. No, I I absolutely would have, but it's pure jealousy. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair Uh, enough. you know, I'm not, that's where like most of the hate stems from. It's not saying like I wouldn't, it's just like, Jealousy, fuck, yeah. fuck you for actually being able to do it. No, I respect that you admit that. Yeah. 100%. Okay. So 29, 29, 29, the Minnesota Vikings, they came so close to being the first team to host the Super Bowl in their own stadium. And they fell short to the Eagles in the NFC championship game. Uh, it was basically um, a metaphor for their whole history uh, they've been so close so many times, and they just fought, they fell a little bit short. Um, their fans are nice. They're all Minnesotans, so you know they're nice. They're polite. They, they talk like the people from Fargo. Um, they did that skull clap with Case Keenum at the end of that oh, divisional game. Skull. What's not to like? Maybe the Saints don't like him very much, but that's not enough to uh, get them any higher than 29 on my rankings. Right. Well, how many times I'm trying to have the Vikings lost four Super Bowls? Are they 0 yeah. 4 in the Super Bowls? They, they were tied with the Broncos, right, for a long time with most Super Bowl losses. Are they? Yeah. Right? They were ahead. They lost they were- to the Chiefs in 1970, and they lost to the Steelers twice in the 70s, and they lost to the Raiders in '76. Impressive, impressive memory there, Will. Yes, I remember those games very clearly. <laughs> uh, Not much to hate about them. No, I mean, I remember watching like old NFL films, VHS tapes at my grandpa's house uh, and like the Purple People Eaters and the Vikings yeah. like, history of losing. Um, and then the Broncos passed them when they lost to, to the Seahawks in the Super Bowl with the five Super Bowl losses. So... Uh, you're right. Gotta, they're notorious. They're underdogs. Uh, Kirk Cousins probably. I mean, he's so vanilla that I would say he's probably a likable quarterback. So that might help him a little bit. Although I think Case Keenum, more of the underdog story. Uh, I would say they're they were they would be a little more likable if they still had Keenum than yeah. Cousins. That was they, that was really my main point against them is that you know they got rid of their their underdog quarterback for one of the most expensive free agents of all time yeah and who who will live as making one of the you know being part of one of the greatest plays in football history with the the uh uh touchdown pass you know to to beat the the saints so okay 28 28 i got the cleveland browns you might be asking too you could put them anywhere on this list and i would agree with it (laughs) pretty much it's like they're so bad they're so inept why not 32? Because you could 
you know, hates. Right. Everybody wants to see him fucking win, I think. Wrong. I hate them a little bit because uh, what are they doing? They're so poorly run, it makes me angry. Yeah. And I hate them for that. They're such a they're such a bad organization. They are. I mean you have most hate worthy as Baker Mayfield. Yes. I think he might be a solid pick for them. I might I think he might be the right quarterback for that team and that organization. Uh, but I also thought Brandon Whedon and Trent Richardson were, were <laughs> selections. So uh, with him and the, the corner they took, I can't remember his name right now. Denzel like, Ward. Denzel Ward. I was like, yeah. I think those are good picks. But then again, it's the Browns. And if I think that, maybe maybe I'm wrong. So uh, I think they probably messed up a little bit by taking uh, Ward over Bradley Chubb. But we'll see. It might be. See. Much, I don't know. That seemed to be the consensus pick, and then they kind of threw a curveball there at four, um, which they have been known to throw curveballs, trading back into the first round in 2007 to get Brady Quinn, and then trading back yeah. into the first round seven years later in 2014 to get Johnny Manziel. No, I mean, that, was, that was a decision I knew was terrible right away. Yeah. Uh, to, yeah there's no waiting period there. No, but – uh, here's what we're going to do because we're starting to run long. If you want to find out teams 27, 26, 25, you got to read his article at thatsgoodsports.com. Like I said, this is the most important list happening in football right now. So, uh, you know, you got to see who the most hate worthy is on each of the teams. Uh, but I think that's about it. I think we covered enough of the non-news happening in the NFL right now. Would you agree, Will? Yeah, we went surprisingly long uh, in a week where absolutely nothing happened. I, I hate to see how long this podcast is going to go when we have a lot to talk about. Six hours, possibly. Uh, just okay. clear out that schedule. <laughs> it's just an all-day live stream. <laughs> yeah. We talk about news as it happens. Seven viewers. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, make sure uh, you give Will a follow on Twitter, at WillKey6. Again, he's writing great articles at That'sGoodSports.com. Make sure you follow this podcast on Podbean, uh, Podbean, and look for it on iTunes. It should be on there soon. And you know how that works. you got to, like, rank this as a good podcast or iTunes will tell us to fuck off. Yeah. um, That's in their terms. Five stars. Five stars. uh, Leave a comment as well. They will tell us to fuck off. If you read their, like, official uh, terms, it says, if you don't get five stars, you can fuck off. Too long. <laughs> so, but it's in there. Yeah, it's on page 37. Okay, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Unless Will or I die. <laughs>